And welcome to the, the untold hour. hour. I'm running out of you breath. Troll me by taking longer and longer each time. No, I'm waiting for you. And I'm waiting for you. So then it just creates this vacuum of space in between <laughs> each syllable. But anyway, it's the untold hour. My asthma, as in it's my asthma, asthma, not my asthma, not like yeah. the full word. Yeah. My, comma, asthma. Yep. I guess. Sure. Anyway, uh, I was struggling. I'm breathing on that one. Um, we have a special guest today. A, uh, I guess you would define yourself, Connor, as a haunted historian, right? Is that kind of the? That's correct. Would... Yeah, that's a, that's at least the name. Yeah, the, uh, the Instagram page goes by. Sweet, uh, Connor Gossel, everybody joining us today to tell us what historical things uh, are haunted because I <laughs> All really of them. dig that shit. <laughs> All <Yeah>. of them. <laughs> Well, you know, I signed up for, there's a couple Instagrams that I watch that are like uh, weird of the world or world of weird and weird news and anything with weird in it, basically, I subscribe to. Well, you know what? Actually, right now, I'm going to subscribe to your (laughs) Instagram, Connor. (laughs) I appreciate (laughs) that. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. (laughs) I wanted to know. Hey, wait a minute. (laughs) My first question is, which came first, your interest in haunted things or your interest in historical things? Or was it always a blend of interests? How did you, know, you become was, the haunted historian? Yeah. Um, if, if you'll, if you'll uh, bear with me on that explanation, you know, I got into um, ghost hunting back in late high school with a very large group of friends. I grew up in a very ho-dunk town in the middle of nowhere ohio forests and cornfields and we kind of wanted to do where it starts <laughs> <laughs> i think that's, that's all, all of us honestly yeah. <laughs> like i've been in a couple cornfields for sure yeah yeah it, it leaves you very little to do though it leaves you very little to do <laughs> and we uh you know we were we were all um i, I feel fortunate uh, i think we all got attracted my friend group that is because we all innately knew that we just had this sim- a similar interest and down the road figured out that hey we all watch ghost hunting shows pretty frequently and it got to a point we were so bored our senior year with nothing to do on the weekend that we're like hey why don't we like go to a haunted place here so we all we, like 12 of us packed up went to a haunted location and there was no strong interest in it no strong passion for it beyond just it being something uh unique that we had not experienced that seemed fun and horrifying and mesmerizing and Did you believe in the paranormal at that point or were you all just kind of it was a goof it was just like let's just for the kind, fun a it. little a little bit of both i don't want to say yeah. when it, like, you know we were as you no doubt know you know buying these places out for an evening is a pretty penny so i don't want to say we went in there and expected nothing to happen we were hoping things happened so we, we were open-minded i'll say going mm-hmm. in there and I, I would say most of us if not all of us left pretty firm believers and we we wanted to continue doing it and um the issue was that it being our senior year i was going to college uh very soon as were the, a number of the other guys into uh, separate locations across the country and uh we couldn't go something anymore we couldn't uh, connect anymore and i made the page a couple of years back now kind of as an outlet for um 
relieving all of that uh, spooky feeling to the horrific places I came across or the pieces of evidence I saw or whenever, you know, you, you watch a, a scary documentary or a true crime or you read a, a book of that nature and it kind of puts you in that mindset. And then it's like, oh man, I need to look a place up. I want to see some pictures. I want to look at some history. And I figured, you know what? I'll put it all on Instagram. I'll make a very small, close-knit community of people who are in this area. We'll share pictures, videos, stories. It'll be fun. And it kind of, it, it got far bigger than I had anticipated. The, the core principles behind it are still the same, of course. I love hearing from people around the world about their experiences and what they do. But um, I, I would say when making it, and <laughs> the long way of answering your initial question, for me, the most important part is the history. I don't want to say hauntings are irrelevant, but you know they're they're a diamond. They're they're a diamond dozen in terms of being unique. You know, you can see a place that's haunted, and you don't happen to know its history. You can spitball some random facts, and you know, odds are at least half of it's probably correct. Right. But it's it's, <laughs> it, it, it's, would, it's the independent. Oh, I'm so sorry. You can go. Oh no, go ahead. I was going to say, would you say because I'm looking over the Instagram page? Would you say you focus because I agree with you to a certain extent that. Um, you know, I lean more towards I enjoy the ghost stories, but I also do enjoy the history. But no matter like for um, haunted locations, especially if like houses or asylums are involved, there's always like that one go like there's you know, you can't go past an abandoned building without it being haunted kind of mentality. And I'm just noticing you have a lot of really awesome houses that I would absolutely want to buy and refurbish on <laughs> on your Instagram page. So do you kind of just default to asylums and, and houses or are you looking to expand into like, you know, just as an example, uh, kind of hashtag humble brag, I guess. Bowser and I went down to um, uh, Virginia Point Pleasant to do Mothman stuff, you know, so it's you know it's kind of like out and about in the woods and like you go to the you know the hot like shoe trees or jersey devil sightings do you ever think about um going out kind of out of that uh haunted homes kind of yeah real house? Well, first and foremost i'll say i have a sour taste in my mouth with mothman i had tickets to this year's mothman <laughs> festival and i got oh, canceled yeah. <laughs> yeah that i do legitimately feel bad to hear it, it yeah. was a bummer it was a bummer is it in yeah. september or when was yeah. it? It was supposed to be it was September. Like late September, around the twentieth. But you know yeah. what? It's fine. You know, I got reimbursed. We'll, we'll go again next oh, we'll year. Go ne yeah, go next It'll year. It'll be good. You know, speaking of haunted places, make a reservation at the Low Hotel across Low the hotel. street from the uh, Mothman Museum. From the museum, yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you Have you both been to the festival then? No, we have not been to the festival. I've been to the town twice now. I think mm -hmm. Bowser's been once. Just the one time. Um, Even though I grew up like two hours from there. Well, remember, we did kind of go to a festival. We went to that uh, uh, Civil War reenactment festival. Oh, yeah. There was a festival. Remember that? I completely blanked on that. I almost didn't remember what city we were in for that. Yeah, we were there to talk about Mothman and investigate Mothman. But it just so happened they were also doing a big like reenactment of a civil war battle and there was like a lot there's a lot of fanfare there was a whole little festival happening the whole the city was out yeah. there yeah so there's actually a uh remains of a fort and like a couple like log cabin yeah old school homes down uh i mean the town's like two streets so down you'll find it 
down towards yeah. the river. <laughs> Just head towards the river and you'll run into it. And it's actually really nice. You know, I'm I'm giggling, but it's actually really nice, really well put together. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we, uh, that in and of itself is also kind of creepy because you go mm-hmm. there and they've got, you know, these all old log homes and these odd statues of, um, of, uh, like fur traders that were famous in the area up and around and like this huge mural down this like riverside walkway. But, uh, it all starts actually kind of from the low hotel, L-O-W-E, which is for sure haunted yeah AF. i didn't get to stay there but jess did when she went back yeah yeah well, you, you, you was... sell it you sell it quite well <laughs> thanks <laughs> it yeah, sounds pretty, pretty terrifying like yeah. i i just i slept with my heads my heads i've got more than one i slept yeah. with my head under the covers for sure all the nights that i was there because i was just like something's going to be waiting for me when i open up my eyeballs that's just how it is <laughs> there's no way around it but yeah, have, have you thought of uh, kind of uh, cataloging locations that that weren't necessarily structures, but you know, places that Mothman could exist, or even battlegrounds and things like that? Yeah, battlefields. Um, battlefields as himself. I, I I think I might have covered one or two in the past. I I'm a huge cryptid a cryptid fanatic you know i grew up with a legend surrounding me and a lot of the forest around me of the ohio grass man our version of the bigfoot and always intrigued me anything about i haven't heard of that (laughs) it it, it, like any other place and any other uh, name they throw at it it's it's bigfoot (laughs) it's bigfoot it's just our version he's just um according to and take this with a grain of salt according to um artists uh renditions of what he looked like he's just a very furry a far furrier uh yeah bigfoot but um th- i guess um a while back i kind of had that same idea you know i wanted to begin recording different cryptids my favorite cryptid stories that i came by stories that were submitted the issue there being is that even um if a member of my team went there i went there i would love to say that there's a hundred percent a hundred percent success rate and we always found the cryptid and got a great picture of it but that not being the case, usually the photo would just end up being a picture of a tree or yeah. of a river or a body of water. So instead, uh, one of the highlight reels on, on the page is uh, just titled Cryptids, and it's different links, and um, oh, it's yeah. not very long right now. I started it pretty recently, and some of the team members throw into it every now and then, but that is kind of the, um, the sub-outlet on the page to uh, Beyond totally. Ghosts and History, just to throw in some you know, cryptid and mythical lore in there as well. But, you know, I, oh, yeah. I, I see I've the Mothman right here. Him. Yeah, yeah, one of the first ones. <laughs> yeah. One of the only ones, but he's one of the first. I I always, I, I love horror. I love paranormal. I love all of that. I think if you do it right, cryptids are always such a better story because you get to go out into the world and actually explore for these things. Right. And I, I always remember when I was um in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade in middle school, I would... Uh, fake being sick at least two or three times a year just so I could stay home and I'd watch I would want um, watch Josh Gates on Expedition Unknown and just sit there and watch him on cryptids all day. I'll tell him you said hi. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I completely forgot. What a great reason. I love how like yeah, some kids would have played hooky. Sure. <laughs> some kids would have played hooky to like go smoke yeah. weed and steal something, but you're like, you, I play hooky to go and watch Josh Gates. Yeah, there's a Josh Gates marathon, and I am staying home 
from school exactly. today for it. It was That's the so best. Funny. Everyone left the house. I don't know why everyone had to leave the house, but it, they would they would all be gone, and I would sacrifice my education to watch Josh Gage travel the world. <laughs> that's what that's, it was. I think it's just learning in a different way. It is. Um, exactly. How do you choose the places that you want to touch upon? I don't, I don't know how often you upload or how often you cover stuff, but every time you are ready to hit with a new story, how do you pick where you want to what you want to cover? Yeah, it's a it's a variety of ways. Um, I typically like to have a number of locations that we've spoken with their docents and their staff members at. And um, we work with some photographers and getting images of. But um, you know, I, 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 I want to premise it by saying, you know, I would love to say that I'm in Edinburgh this day as well, and that I'm in Texas this day, and that I'm over in uh, Korea getting this picture of an asylum, then back over in Washington. But there's a very, a very fun, very involved fan base behind it that sends in their photos, a, a great team that works behind it that uses their photos. And if no one can get to a location, which honestly is a lot of the time, you know, we work with um, different media outlets, different teams out in that area. We like, we work with photo release requests and we uh, include them inside of the, the write up. And so, you know, it, it, it's cool because we get a, we get better photos of places that we couldn't get to. And in so doing, we get to make contact with a lot of teams and a lot of uh, men and women who we otherwise would never have gotten the chance to speak with and just expands the, com the community behind the Haunted Historian. That's great. I, I, how important is it that that there are so many of the locations are also very aesthetically pleasing, even if they're decaying and falling down? How important is it that they're also beautiful in a way when they're photographed? Because I grew up near this this uh, this hospital called Glendale in in Maryland, and I I think it's an amazing facility. I, I believe it was a TB hospital, but then I think at some point it was a mental hospital. And I don't know which one came first, but it isn't as pretty as a lot of these that are on your page. But there's some amazing photography that's been done by people that kind of just break in and do like urban decay photography. Uh, yeah. Do you look for places that are also kind of hauntingly beautiful or, or are you also down for like stuff that's just fallen apart? Um, if it's fallen apart, that works. You know, there are a number of pictures on the page, a number of locations that we've, that we've uh, documented where it's just the shell of the building. Every, the interior is gutted. There's no walls or floor. It's just the exterior, and that's about it. You can see from one point of the building all the way through yeah, to the other. That's like Gladio. Uh, you can see all the way through it. Yeah. I, if it has the history to support it, mm -hmm. it's always something that I would at least want to go over. I'll say with asylums and sanitariums, um, at this point at least, it's a lot of it is about the aesthetic and finding ones that are very visually pleasing, you know, they're not because they're more important or they're better than this one or the other, but at the end of the day, it is, it, it's social media, it's an Instagram page. And It'll just try start to, to look it. like the same thing over and over. A lot of those buildings yeah. look similar. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and, and especially with their histories, you know, you, if, if there's individual accounts that we can get, if there's research we can do, or if the chamber of commerce can help shed some light beyond what online uh, write-ups can, then we'll do that location. But mm -hmm. yeah, at, the, at this point, we try to do asylums only for the aesthetic. You know, the history is nothing out of the ordinary from what we covered in the past. But hey, I mean, every yeah. now and then we find something that, you know, we've never heard of before. I, I recently posted on an asylum and I said in there, like, I, it, I never want to be, um, you know, I, I'm, I, I never want to be, I, I guess, unattentive to those who are, who actually experience, you know, mental illnesses or things of that right. nature. So when I don't understand something, when I don't know what the full history is, 
you know, I don't, you know, lambast and say different things and try and get jaunty with my words and just say yeah. whatever. Uh, you know, I, I, I plead ignorance. Like, if, if anybody knows this, let me know. Like, this is what I've heard. Or, yeah, I phrase it like that. Like, mm-hmm. I do not know. It's been incredible for a number of those locations. Um, the community's reached a point now where it's got a lot of the former patients of some of these asylums. And I've actually had phone calls after posting about different oh, wow. um, hospitals and haunted locations like that, where like 65, 70 year old men and women will call me and we'll have like a 30 minute phone conversation talking all about their time there, providing insight into what actually went on there, the horrors and atrocities and just shedding light beyond just the, the lore behind it. And it's horrifying. Cool. It's yeah, it, it, it's, it's very cool. It's, it's, I mean, it's horrifying. It's, it's like cool. illuminating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I, Cause I think there's something, even to be said about that, like this place, Glendale, it's so shrouded in mystery. And I've often thought like, well, it didn't close down that long ago. There's probably people who could speak directly to the goings on there and maybe even help demystify some of what's been built up by urban legends. So I imagine that's, I imagine that's really interesting. It's definitely is there cool anything, mm-hmm. is there anything, Connor, that you don't want to cover ever? Like, is there anything you're just like either, whether it's that you don't, believe in it at all or whether you're just like ah, it's been covered too much or, or you know for any reason the subject matter yeah because like we stay away from certain things because it's can be too dark yeah um like, I, no man I, i'm all for it, all of it <laughs> i i'm typically i'm typically very open to locations there are there are experiences of, I, i've had helping out um a variety of families some very dark encounters I've had that I don't want to publicize that I don't mm-hmm. talk about just because, you know, it's uh, the community around and they see this. And even if I, if I say directly in there, like, this is not for the faint of heart. This is not for a novice investigator. This is not for a person who treats the field as a novelty. Like what is in here is dangerous is bad. They'll still go in there. They see it on the right. page and they're like, Oh, this one's so much fun. Let's get, let's get the team together mm-hmm. and head to this location. It's like, Oh guys, don't do that. I truly meant like, you know, don't go here. So uh, I've kind of started refraining from posting some of the darker locations, but I mean, beyond just the really macabre locations like that, I typically also refrain from outdoor locations. Like, you know, every single state has like 18 haunted highways and oh, every right. cemetery and its yeah. mother is haunted. It's, it's hard yeah. to keep up with. Have you ever, one of the locations I saw on the Instagram page is from a city called Guthrie in Oklahoma. And I actually spent like six months in Guthrie working on a yeah. film project off and on. And I felt it, that the whole place seemed haunted. I mean, everywhere I went, it just felt really palpable. And whether it was, I had to film a scene in this really old motel. And I was like, man, this motel is heavy. And then we had to do some audio in this emptied out like silo off by these railroad tracks. And it's like, man, this is heavy too. And then we had our production office in this old, uh, diner and i was like man this diner is heavy and then finally someone in the town told us the history of the town and and it was really really bleak and uh i guess what's the history of the town well i I know that that specifically it became kind of a hub for uh you know sex trafficking back then back in the day never mind but like well it's interesting to at least understand (laughs) like like runaways would come through the town and maybe get off at Guthrie run you know jump off the train and wind up in in Guthrie and soon be like swept up into this uh, this diner was a brothel back in the in the day 
and I don't know the dates, but this owner of the diner walked us around and showed us the rooms that that the the women would be kept in. And I was like, well, yeah, no wonder why I feel like bummed when I'm sitting here having a production meeting. Um, so there was a lot of like heavy history in Guthrie. But one of the things they told us about was this hospital. And we drove by it. And I see that the uh, the Logan County Hospital is is on your page. Was that a place that you got to go to personally? Or was that something that was sourced through you know the, the community? That one was actually sent in by a local investigative team. They, I could, I could, it might be listed there at the bottom of the page if we tag, oh, if we tag is, them yeah. into it. But um, th- when I posted that, I kind of run into uh, Guthrie a good deal. And it is like a, as you, you definitely touched on there, it is a ghost town. Yeah. Now, I, I had never heard of it prior to uh, researching and working with the team with the hospital. And it's like every other building has some dark history totally. behind it. Everything's got its own, its own ghosts haunting the rooms. And I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. goodness, you know, if, uh, if we don't just at least post some more locations and work with some people in this area for more buildings, we have to visit it at some point because it is yeah. crawling with spirits. <laughs> There's beautiful buildings there too. There was this like abandoned uh, old printing factory, you know, like an old newspaper building. And I was like, man, that's beautiful. They're like, yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. You know, I mean, the owner of the paper hung himself in there. But, you know, there was everything had this dark turn. I was like, wow. What is uh, on with that yeah. town? If you they say it so nonchalantly. They do because it's just kind of part of the, you know, the, the old theater had something happen in it. I mean, it's a really interesting place if you ever do get to go there. Yeah, it's not just one building. It's many that have stories like that. It is beautiful. The owner hung himself. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's, that's something. Man. <laughs> My goodness. So once we find our freedom again to go out right. and about, where's the first place that you're wanting to hit? I really, and I live relatively close by to it here in uh, the uh, Arizona area here. I have never been to Hotel Monte Vista up Gee. in Flagstaff, Arizona. I have stayed there. And I was going to bring that up when you said before we started recording that that you're in Arizona. Um, I've been there for that. I have exact not seen purpose. it. I'm going to look it up while you guys are talking. I it's see what something. It looks like. It's uh, there's so many, and 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 you, I'm sure you can attest to this. There are so many hospitals that claim to be haunted. A lot of them, if not most, certainly certainly are. But it is as if every room and every section and every corridor and hallway and floor of Hotel Monte Vista has yeah. something completely unique and unrelated to anything else happening there from like hearing like gurneys to like there's some dark figure in the old meat locker to there's children on the third floor and there's someone who hung himself in the top and like yep. there's like weird uh, phantoms down here in the hotel lobby. Cecil. It's I, ridiculous. I, I w- this is so funny. The reason we stopped I was on a trip from here to Oklahoma to Guthrie to make this project. We stopped at Monta Vista because we had heard, you know, we had to stop around that area. And I was like, well, let's do Hotel Monta Vista because it's supposedly really haunted. And I'm telling you, within one night, we had a few drinks, talked to the bartender, and he told us stuff like that. And then we uh, and and then we we talked to someone who had worked there. Uh, there had been like a renovation in one area where they kind of turned it into like a little club or something like that. But this guy that ran the club had been there even longer and told us all sorts of crazy stories. And every hallway we walked down, I was, you know, a lot of it was just the vibe, but I didn't experience anything like really potent. 
but I felt like one of those places where something was right behind you, no matter where yeah. you went. I got in the elevator and I was like, all right, let's get out of this elevator as quickly <laughs> as possible. Walking down the hall to our room, I was like, all right, come on, let's get let's get into the room. This is this hallway. And then being in the room, I couldn't sleep. I remember my buddy that I was with was watching like Frasier reruns. And I was just <laughs> sitting in the bed, like still freaked out. I just was on edge the whole time. It was a really, really spooky place. We stayed there two it, nights too. But you've never yeah. so you've never been? I've I've been to Flagstaff a good deal of times. I've never stopped to go to uh, the hotel. Yeah, you got to do it. So I, I'm very much looking forward to uh, this, to all this ending in and of itself for the benefit right. of the world, but also to be able to Seriously. get to uh, the hotel. Well, what about favorite places that you have been? Where are some of the places that you count among your favorites that you have traveled to? Yeah. Um, my top two, and for, the, for different reasons, my number one is always going to be the first investigation we did it was at um, Hillview Manor in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. And the night there was so active that for the next three years, it was nothing but disappointment at investigations that we did because mm. nothing could live oh. up to what happened at Hillview Manor. I, 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 I could sit down here and do an entire episode, just no one else talking but wow. me and me listing off bullet point. What a curve. Well, we were half that, uh, at that location but oh man give it, us like the give us like two yeah. what are what, what yeah what are two and then also why why is that area so active like what yeah. was the story behind that one yeah this the story it's uh it's, it has a multifaceted history it was um a poor house it was an old folks home it was a hospital for a stint of time and over this course of time it was, it's something like six or ten thousand people have died there and they ran out of room for all the bodies so they buried them in the back lot of the building which was back in its back in its heyday far bigger than it actually is fast forward to today and the back of their building or at least you know a little further back where their property used to be uh golf course is now there which they have uh closed off at least when i was there they had closed off and it had been closed off for a considerable period of time because uh, dogs at the country club there kept running out there and digging up bones out of the middle of the oh, golf course. Shit. <laughs> so they had oh that my god! Down. So they didn't even bother to move the graves. They just like pull, I, ripped the gravestones up and like popped in gone. a few holes for the golf yeah, course. Yeah, the back nine just over. It the got, yeah. got lost in communication, I guess. So oh. someone oh, forgot to bring it up. If, oh the, if I'm trying to, if I had to recount the two biggest things that pop into my head that happened that night, um, that weren't just electronics that can happen at most locations. The first one um, was in this hallway that used to be the intensive care unit on the first floor. And they told us this is the hallway where it is said that you most frequently will see apparitions, either inside of the rooms or in the hallway so this being our first investigation we wanted to stay clear that location a bit you know we were believers but we weren't believers you know we um we were brave enough to kind of stay adjacent to that hallway and kind of peek around the corner every now and then but we uh weren't so brave that on our first go we were just gonna go running around in there and see what could happen but we were in an adjacent hallway kind of looking down there and uh, most of them are in this little girl's room trying to uh, get some EVPs out of her. And myself and two other guys, one of which is just um, a friend from school, the other of which is um, a friend from a different school, but he had just uh, gotten back from, um, he, he had just uh, enlisted into the Marines. Big dude, very brave, very macho guy. 
and we're all just sitting around kind of waiting for them to be done in the room. And I point to the hallway, to the intensive care unit adjacent to us. I'm like, do you guys see that? And they're looking down there and they're like, what are you pointing at? And I say, look in that black door right in front of us. Look on the right-hand side by like the door frame. It looks like there's something kind of peeking around there. And they look over there and we can all kind of make out this dark haze kind of smoke thing and a pitch black just kind of lingering there. But, you know, of course, we're like, maybe it's the drapes blowing around. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. It, it's whatever. We're not sitting there. Like, this is anything definitive. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's definitely something weird, guys. They're like, maybe. And then it just disappears. And when it disappears, we all see it disappear. Oh. And we all just keep looking over there. We're like, that was odd. And the second it disappeared, this fully formed figure um, from its like torso and head just leans out from behind the door and looks out at us in the doorway. And oh. I, when I tell you this, this I'm going to tell you that this United States Marine <laughs> dropped his bag and ran out of that building and didn't come back in the rest of the night. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he was oh gone. My gosh. He was and did you gone. all collectively kind of see the same thing? Like you described it to each other? And we, like... we described it to each other. We all saw what we saw. And they were all in the room doing EVPs, which are our, our screams, of course, ruined. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. they, oh, they walk outside. Point, yeah. <laughs> they oh walk outside. Gosh. We're all just pacing around. And they're like, what's what? What's going on, guys? What do you see? What's going on? We're, we're all so baffled. We're incoherent. You can't make out. We're saying we're all like walking in circles like, what? What's mm-hmm. going on? We, I, I, I don't know. Like stumbling over our own words. We don't know what to say. And we finally oh say gosh. it. And to this day, one of the most, I don't want to. Then it was horrifying. Now it's super intriguing. I wish it would happen more often. But um, right. Uh, I think the second I, biggest. Yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say I would love to have that level of an experience. I mean, I would hate I it, know. but also love it. <laughs> like I've it's seen things fun. that I thought were kind of like a shape, and maybe, but it's also dark, and you know, you so you can't you can't tell if maybe your mind is putting it there. Because you yeah. want it so right. badly, you're kind of piecing together these things in the dark. Yeah, and so, uh, but but man, that sounds like exceptionally straightforward. And the fact that you yeah. had so many additional witnesses, it, it was it was it was great. It was an awesome experience. I value it highly. But again, ruins the next three years of investigation how, story because nothing how, else ever reaches it. Like how spectral or ethereal was it, and how solid was it? Like, did it? You know what I mean? Did it look? like what we would recognize as ghost or what did it look more like a physical uh practical shape like i had a buddy that saw something at glendale hospital and i was always jealous of and he said it just it looked like a human standing in front of him but it was uh in a in a hospital gown and he said he almost wasn't scared because it didn't look otherworldly it just looked like a person but then he realized like this just doesn't make sense and and then the thing disappeared I, I would love to say I saw that level of detail. It was such a dark hallway. Yeah. And but we we were able to make out clear as day the movement in the room and the outline of what we were seeing that we we knew what it was. Yeah. But at the most clear that I could describe it was it, it was odd. You could tell that it was three dimensional. Yeah. You could like see mm. definition to the body, but it was wasn't smoky it wasn't hazy anymore yeah. like how we initially saw it was just it was as though a, a very good artist drew a human being and just took a black crayon and drew it in and it yeah. was just black as midnight so so black that it was darker than the pitch dark room around it, it right was, 
Mm. If that puts any kind of image no, into your head. It does, it yeah. does. I mean, I've, I've heard of, you know, people have described, I guess for lack of a better phrase, entities very similarly, where it's like, even though you're in a dark room, your eyes tend to adjust. There's always a little bit of light coming from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So when you you do have that contrast where whatever shape is forming is can still be darker than the area around it. It's actually even scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Way. Well, what was so the second? I, oh, he, I think oh, he had sorry, go two. Ahead. What was the second yep. most uh, memorable moment from Hillview? Yeah. See, I, 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 I'll premise it by saying we didn't ask. Well, we did. They gave us a tour prior, but it was a, it's like a 70,000 square foot building. They can't hit every nook and cranny of every every corner in that location um we finally all muster up the courage all 12 of us to wander down into the basement and to make it to make it to make ourselves seem like we were doing something a little more um typical of a paranormal investigative team we split up into groups of four one in this wing of the basement one in that wing of the basement and one group of people in like this uh back storage area massive storage area uh right in the middle of a of the giant hallway that was the entire basement that just kind of juts off into its own location. And while the four of us are standing over by the stairwell that we came down on, we're sitting there running an EVP while everybody's running an EVP in their respective locations. And as we're doing these EVPs, uh, my friend and I, Nate, we uh, both at the exact same time, we stopped recording, we stopped the EVPs, and we look at the, the other two guys and we're like, did you hear that? And they're like, no. I'm like, play back the EVP. You have to have heard that. And like, guys, there's no noise. There's nothing around us. We radioed over to the other two teams. And they're like, you guys just make a noise. You know, Connor and Nate think that they heard something. And they're like, no, we made no noise. We're sitting here asking our questions. And we're asking them right now. Can you hear us talking? Like, like, no. So it wasn't them. And so they ask us, what do you guys think that you heard? And we both say at the exact same time, like, it sounded like somebody at the very top of these stairs was screaming bloody murder or something yeah. like that. And so we take out one of the um, big microphones that you can put into the EVP. And we, we had to play it back at least three or four times before you could hear it. Because, um, of course, it, our voices into it are so dominant. And But finally, they heard it. And when they heard it, um, I believe it was my, I believe it was, uh, my friend Quentin. Uh, he called it quits after he heard it for the night and didn't come back in the building. But you heard while he was talking, it was sound like an adolescent girl was screaming. And she wasn't screaming for attention. She wasn't screaming because um, someone was doing something to her. She was screaming like in that very moment, her life was going away. And we go yeah. upstairs and we play this for uh, the one staff member who was present that night. And she's like, oh, well, well, well first, we, we don't we tell her what we experienced before we show the recording. And she's like, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to tell you what happened in that stairwell. And we're like, what happened in that stairwell? Like some girl in a, wheel- a wheelchair fell down in the 60s and broke her neck at the bottom and died. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so we're just like, oh, my God. Thanks for and the we- heads up. <laughs> like, oh, well, we that adds down. up. We're- we heard a little girl, you know, scream yeah. like she was dying in there. <laughs> wow. Man. Even just those two. And I know you said you have a laundry list, but just those two are just. Those are pretty massive mm-hmm. they're, they're very cool they're definitely some of the I, I definitely think i'm fortunate had it not been an exceptionally active night who knows but i've never continued on doing it but it was so ridiculous what happened that evening that we had to keep venturing forward to other yeah. destinations yeah 
Um, I know you've mentioned EVP a couple times. Like, what what do you what do you prefer to do, or what are you guys? What are your techniques when you go out there that you like uh, to run through? Yeah, my my team is big in they, not me, are big into technology. I am not a tech savvy kind of guy. I while I believe that it's something otherworldly and a lot of it is pretty definitive proof, a lot of the evidence you can capture over recorders and different devices that have been developed over the years, I am so much more intrigued and convinced and enthralled by what I can experience with my own ears or see with my own eyes. What I can witness as a living being rather than strapping myself with $10,000 worth of technology. I think it's, Mm -hmm. it's so much more immersive when you can say this place is haunted and I didn't have to, you know, bring in like a production company of tech to figure that out. It's so haunted that I walked in here and I saw it myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus I know that it's, you know, obviously capturing something like that scream is amazing, but sometimes it's hard to uh, buy it when it's technology, when it's based in the tech, like, well, this glitch in the footage could have been, you know, an electromagnetic force of some kind or this orb on the lens a lot of times I'm like, I don't know, man. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather, I don't want orbs and glitches. I want to hear it or experience it myself. Connor, we're, what's your we're take orb on orbs? Haters. We're orb haters over here. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm an orb. Like, I feel like we've seen some that are like, huh, that's right. a little, that, one, that orb is moving very oddly. Yeah. compared to all the other dust particles around it. Like, what is it about that one particular one <laughs> that is making it do that thing? So in that regard, I feel like there's been a few where I've been a little suspicious as to why that orb is kind of doing its own thing. But um, in general, I would say Bowser and I are, or at least I, I'm speaking for him, but I guess in general, I'm a little bit like, okay, maybe, but, you know, I'd like to see it backed up with some additional stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I uh, I think there are definitely good bits of evidence to include in uh, in shows or to kind of juxtapose with the rest of what you, of what you got, but uh, I'm always underwhelmed when I see um, some popular uh, series that they'll be building something up like when we come back after the break, you won't believe what we managed to capture. And they'll just be sitting there in a room and then it'll just break over to some ominous voice like, and then it happened. And in the bottom corner, you see a little white ball go across and it's exactly. like, oh my God. <laughs> and it just so freeze frames, like jinx, circles it, <laughs> arrows. And I'm like, yeah, we, <laughs> like, we see that. Replays it like 15 times. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we, yeah, no, we saw it. We get it. We, you got something. That, that's cool. It, it's know. always just so underwhelming. It's again, again, and I, I guess that's kind of, I'm kind of a snob in that sense. I, I don't like any of the evidence that isn't definitive, even though it is just, pivotal to an investigation i let all of them worry about that and i'm just going to roam around and see what happens right yeah and it's good to include if there's other occurrences other happenings but if it's just an orb yeah i say keep walking <laughs> keep on walking imagine if there were a it's horror movie where like the big thing was just an orb you know what i mean like if all <laughs> the content kind of that happened in the conjuring was like an orb i mean it wouldn't I mean, maybe it'd be terrifying. That, I don't know. I feel <laughs> like maybe thing, you just thing. came up with another option for... Uh, That's the next big franchise in horror. Yeah. 
the that orb one through seven. <laughs> yeah. One it's, through it's no seven. longer is it girls in nightgowns coming out of wells with long hair. Yeah. It's orbs. It's just static orbs. <laughs> oh my, my gosh. gosh. Um, You're onto something. Oh, I definitely, I definitely am. <laughs> Um, well, you talked about Monte Vista. Is there any place outside of the country that you really want to go to that you really want to visit? Like dream spot. Dream spot. Um, the two dream spots I can think of. One is pretty uh, pretty notable in the sense that most people are aware of it. Uh, Edinburgh Castle mm-hmm. over in Scotland. I would love to go there. Very similar mm-hmm. to Monte Vista. And like every nook and cranny has some completely vastly different story of what's haunting it and all this great stuff it would just be such a unique haunt and a huge location to go to and of course you're in scotland so it's a vacation while you're doing it so that's a fun time uh, beyond that i really number one international want to go to um the haunted vicarage in sweden it, they've had um, reported hauntings there since it's like the very late 1800s or the very early 1900s very few people are able to, to actually spend an entire night there and if you do manage to spend an entire night there, they give you a certificate for being a very brave individual <laughs> having made it through there. That's I want to do this now. Yeah. I want to do this now. <laughs> Maybe uh, if you get like a t-shirt, like when you finish a big steak at a restaurant, <laughs> like a challenge. Yeah, it's like, it's like uh, The Great the Outdoors. The Great Outdoors. Dude, you nobody remembers that the movie. Old... I loved that movie. I watched that movie constantly. What was it, it, the old 76er? Yeah, something like that. Something uh, like that? But isn't it funny how there's a movie, this is tangential, but there's a movie that you might watch like a million times in a row as a kid. So for mm-hmm. you, you're like, well, that was a classic. But then as you get older, you realize like nobody cared about that movie and it was actually <laughs> yeah. a bomb and even Dan Aykroyd doesn't like to talk about it. You know what I mean? That's like it one of those It sounds like you movies. have a specific that movie in it. mind here. Well, yeah. honestly, Look, great, great, great outdoors, outdoors is one. That's... It's the best. <laughs> That's the one that, and for me, Transylvania six five thousand. I do. Do either of you know that movie? I it can't sounds say that familiar. Mine was always Apple Dumpling Gang and oh, Apple Dumpling sure. Gang Rides Again for sure. <laughs> or that darn cat, or the computer wore tennis shoes. Basically, any stupid kind of offshoot Disney classic yeah. from the sixties. I was yeah. like, yeah. Well, Transylvania six five thousand is Jeff Goldblum and, and Ed Bagley Jr. <laughs> And and basically, they're sent to Transylvania to investigate uh, a Frankenstein sighting that they've received. This this they work for a newspaper, and the papers received this footage. That sounds fantastic, dude. It's it, when I and it opens with this Frankenstein footage, and it's very found footage, even though this movie's from the eighties. And the the newspaper boss is like, "Look, it's probably a hoax, but you know, I gotta get, I gotta send you guys over there to see if you can get to the bottom of it." And then they go, and it just turns into this insane monster comedy with Gina Davis dressed like Elvira. And yeah, I just looked it up. She looks great. So for me she as a kid, great. I'm like, you're giving me Ed Bagley Jr., you're giving me Jeff Goldblum, monsters, Gina Davis as Elvira. This is a all time classic. All time classic. <laughs> and then as I get older, I realize everyone's ashamed of that movie. Nobody oh. is proud that it exists. Um, nobody cares about it. I love it. As long as you like it, who cares? I love it. Well, on that note, Connor, Connor where- what's your shameful movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've got idea oh of a guilty pleasure. I, I, nothing like that. I've watched <laughs> Dirty Dancing about 35 times. I oh, love that. <laughs> oh, but everybody, yeah, that's fine. Actually, you know what? The play, I went to, uh, I went to the haunted, there's a haunted hotel out in upstate New York 
that uh, you have to sign a waiver in order to stay the night. Oh, right. It's you pretty, did that. It's pretty popular. I can't. The Stanley. Shanley. The Shanley. The Shanley. I think Shanley. it's the Shanley Hotel. The Shanley but Hotel. But the area in the where the Shanley is at. Uh, Napanock? Used, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is what d- the, the dirty dancing area is based off of. So basically that like go that upstate New York where everybody goes to take their summer holidays because the city's too hot. That's yeah, those those little vacation towns that were really popular in the sixties and are now kind of falling apart. Um, that's what that whole uh that whole shtick for dirty dancing is. Interesting. Look, you're connected to haunting and you did it. All the way back. I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear that. Well, so so where can people follow you and uh, keep keep up with all of the uh, haunted historian happenings? Yeah, so uh, it's only on Instagram. Like I said, not tech savvy guy. I I don't have the it's good though. The bandwidth I like to do all landing three of page them. for all of it. Yeah, I, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, it's just a haunted historian on Instagram. It'll pop right up for you. Um, Beyond that, I think it'll start being associated with a couple a location we're opening up in Texas, uh, a new hospital out in that neck of the woods. Oh yeah, can you talk much about that before we say say farewell? The what this Texas project is? Yeah, so uh, I, I, I should I would love to say that ghosts pay the bills. Perhaps one day they will. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm hoping they do at one point. But um, right now I'm a, I'm, a, I'm the PR manager for a marketing firm. Uh, that's why I travel around a good deal for different clients. One of those clients, um, they own a hospital out in Mineral Wells, Texas. And they asked me, have you ever heard of Mineral Wells? And of course I have. It's a pretty um, prominent location in the paranormal. They have a number of like, the Baker Hotel, the old White House out there, a number mm-hmm. of spots. And apparently um, I did, I'd heard of the location, didn't know it was there, a place called Beach Army Hospital. It's um, a hospital that opened up in the 1950s for different uh not different for military personnel and veterans that come through during the vietnam war especially and in fact every helicopter pilot of the vietnam war went through there for training but after the vietnam war ended the hotel not the hotel the uh, hospital closed its doors and they stayed shuttered for the next 50 years until about two weeks ago uh i i told them you know you're, you're kind of sitting on a gold mine you know if, if, uh, you could open this place up and offer paranormal hunts and it would be sold Totally. Like hotcakes, people would love them, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Well, do you want to do that?" And so I'm, I'm like, "Well, I don't actually know that it's haunted." So I'm like, "So I, I, I don't know. You guys, you guys open it up if you want." They're like, "Well, hold on. Well, we will fly you out to Mineral Wells. You stay the night in the hospital and come out the next morning and tell us what you think." <laughs> so, so two weeks back, I um, I had probably just one of the most horrific nights of my life, boarded up alone and abandoned. Now I can report very haunted hospital in the middle of uh, BFE Mineral Wells, Texas. Oh, and the vandals were a problem. Thank goodness they weren't that night, but just in case they strapped me with a with a firearm. <laughs> oh my home. god. <laughs> it's just and you in this abandoned hospital with a armed Oh my gosh, all night. If you if you can paint the image of your head of me hearing voices of floor above me and walking up the stairwell with a gun pointed into the dark. It, yeah. As though I'm about yeah, to that doesn't ghost. sound like a recipe for disaster <laughs> at all. It was a well, I guess wild it out. night. It, it did. It did. I um I don't want to release anything of the uh that what happened that night. Um we made it into like a vlog docu thing that's getting released onto its webpage here soon, so everybody can check that out, but 
I will say, and um, I've been talking with a couple of teams in the area to get to this so that they can go in there for the same opportunity. I've been to a lot of the places in Texas. And this, I'll, I'll say for one, the hospital's open for three or four months before construction officially begins on it for the first time in 50 years. Wow. So you get in there fast because, again, I think this is probably going to be the most haunted location in the state of Texas. It was the most one of the most yeah. horrifying nights of my life. I will never stay alone again in a hospital. That was that was. Was there rough. not an option to have anyone else with you? Uh, you know, my boss of the company came with me. He's the one who I uh, gave. He's the one with um, our client who gave me the gun for the night. I'm like <laughs> you gonna you want you want to hang out with me for a bit? Maybe I'll walk around with me in this giant hospital until I find where I'm gonna bunker down for the night. Now yeah. I'll see you tomorrow, man. Seven a.m. sharp. <laughs> and just gets back in the car. Oh and my gosh! Shane, Shane's up the door and he's gone. Wow, that sounds yeah, like yeah. both a dream and Brave. a nightmare. Yeah, that it's sounds a, awesome and horrible all at the same time. It is. It, it's going to be. It's going to be phenomenal. I really urge people to get to get out there. Beach Army Hospital. It's so, it's something else. They 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 did they do such a such hospitable people. They have one functioning outlet and one functioning light. Both are in the basement morgue. Oh, oh great. God! Holy yeah, forget moly. it. <laughs> oh, I had gosh. I had this vision, like you know, I, I'm 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 such an avid ghost hunter. I'll sit down there in the morgue chair and watch The Office. I got there, and I, I couldn't I couldn't man up to do it. <laughs> it just wasn't enough. In me. I mean, that sounds like the beginning of a great horror film. Without uh, it doubt. could be, yeah, it could be. Who knows? Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thanks yeah. for having me. This has been a treat. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm definitely. Yeah. I'm I actually. I've. I'm. I'm going to be reading your Instagram all of it tonight because I saw oh, that this one has like a pretty deep dive into <laughs> oh, the history sure. part, and I really love that too. So I'll just be reading your Instagram tonight. All right. <laughs> I'll. I'll keep that in mind. Hope you, I hope you enjoy. Thanks. it. I hope you enjoy it. I'm sure <laughs> I will. It looks awesome. Yeah, I appreciate uh, it. a lot of hard work of different people other than I. So yeah, they all deserve the credit for it. Well, thank you so much for coming on again, Connor. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Hopefully, we get the chance to connect uh, again soon in the future. Yes, for sure. Yeah. All right. See ya. See you guys. And also, good luck on getting to uh, getting to. Um, oh my god! I Monta just Mothman Festival. Oh, and Mothman <laughs> Festival. Yeah. Yeah, Mothman. It's worth the trip. I, I'm. I'm. I fully plan on going. I just saw the day I released like September twentieth to twenty second for twenty twenty one. So I'll be out there. I'll be out there, ready to go and look for Mothman. Very excited <laughs> for it. <laughs> Bring him back for us. I, yeah. If I can, if I, I'm going to keep him to myself. He's, he's going to be all mine. Nice. <laughs> I'll see you guys later then. All right. See ya. Yeah. Well, that was an awesome interview. And yeah. I also like the fact that we were talking about our weirdest movies that we kind of glommed on to as kids because that is a good transition into a movie that I wanted to talk to you about yes. that I recently watched on Prime um, called Lost Soul, The Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. Love it. No, I had, so uh, um, my friend Ashley actually cued me in on this. I did not know that this documentary even existed. Um, I knew that the Island of Dr. Moreau was considered a a kind difficult of a, movie yeah but i had no cursed. idea how that it was considered like almost straight cursed that the guy that that um richard stanley actually involved witchcraft into the mix kind of to to like 
because he was getting screwed over or he felt he was getting screwed over or bullied around by, I think, what is it, New Line? Yeah, right? I think it was. Let me look and it that, up. Uh, yeah, double check, but I'm pretty sure it was New Line. I mean, I just watched it two days ago, but again, my memory is also garbage. But um, but I didn't realize like Val Kilmer had such a bad attitude slash reputation about it. Totally. And it sounds like people were kind of dumping or dunking on... Um, on uh oh my god why am i blanking brando he's super famous brando yeah but it sounds like brando was just kind of like i mean he was being goofy and like throwing people under the bus a little bit but he was only doing it to like the directors not really the other cast members or anybody and it was less about um his ego and more just like he'd done this for years and years and years he's done giving a shit like he knows how this stuff totally. works and you either like do it or you don't do it and he was like you guys aren't doing it, so I'm just going to do whatever I want. It's just like a classic, um, you know, uh, clash of of egos. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know how much uh, of Stanley's ego was in the mix. I think he was just kind of trying to get the movie done. But yeah, dude, the Brando of it all and then and the Kilmer of it all. Oh, Oof. my God. Was well, it, it remind sounded... me, you watched the film more recently. Wasn't Kilmer brought in as a replacement for someone? Yes. So they originally had um they it was going to be Brando uh the guy from um oh what was that old a movie about being in Alaska. <laughs> movie about being in Alaska. I'm sorry, it was a it was a TV show, a famous TV show and it was a town in Alaska. Um gosh, it says originally it was going to be Either James Woods or Bruce Willis. Yeah. Yeah. It was going to be. Oh, well, so, yeah. Well, it was going to be Morrow James Wood, was Bruce it. Willis. Yeah. It and was going to be James Wood, Bruce Exposure. Willis, and uh, Northern. Thank you. Yes. Northern Exposure. Yeah. So it was going to be James Woods, Bruce, Bruce Willis, and Brando. And they had locked in Brando. And then, um, but then Bruce ditched because he was in the middle of his divorce with Demi Moore right after they had signed. So he's like, you know, because of this, I can't leave the country. And then uh, James Woods, they didn't really go into detail, or at least maybe I just don't remember uh, as to why James Woods dropped out. Yeah. I don't know if it was tied to Bruce Willis at all or not, but they ended up getting the guy from Northern Exposure, mm -hmm. who then like two weeks or maybe like a couple weeks into filming, called up New Line, whoever it was, his contact person was at New Line, and begged to get out of his contract and come home. Because right. things were, like, super crazy. Uh, they did, like, there were so many incidents of weird things happening. Like, Stanley, like I said, like, he felt pressured by New Line, or, and probably, like, himself in general. And so he thought he would go to this witchcraft uh, <laughs> doctor mm -hmm. or this witchcraft practitioner and have them do some binding spells or some other types of spells. But then that guy somehow got exposed to radiation and started like falling apart. And as he slow, as his body started to fall apart, Stanley felt that the spells were starting to fall yeah, apart. I remember and that's that. where all the badness started leaking back into the situation. Crazy. Uh, the other cast and crew all sounded fine. They sounded like they were like irritated, but hey, we're all stuck here, so we might as well make the best of it. Yeah. Um, but then they brought in uh to replace Bruce Willis, they brought in Kilmer, and it sounds like I always say his last name wrong, Kilmer, but Kilmer, yeah. Kilmer. They brought him in. 
And he he ended up saying that he only wanted to be on set like 40% of the time or 40% right. of the script. And and then he and at the same time Brando wasn't even learning his lines. He was having them fed into his ear by um an assistant and uh and and then yeah, it just all of this craziness. I, I it woke me up to the to I guess what a lot of people know, which was that Val Kilmer was a real problem as an actor, and I didn't know that. Mm. I always thought he was kind of because he wasn't. Well, I had heard rumors, but I had heard it was all you know, it, it was all hidden behind this whole method acting bullshit yeah. that they tried. So I can to be problematic because I'm as. Yeah, yeah, being a problematic dick. But it just, it just, I can't imagine the the crushing weight of that dynamic of you're already dealing with Brando who's saying things like, you know, I think I should have a little person with me that plays piano. Like he, that was his idea, supposedly. Yeah. So like Mini Me, the Mini yeah. Me and the Austin Power jokes and all of that other kind of uh, the shtick is partly based on this movie and yeah. Brando requesting like a sidekick. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I love that like honestly, they just had to go with it. They were yeah. like, yeah, well, and okay. What's weird too is that the art like it sounded like Stanley walking into the mix had a pretty good grasp on what he wanted to do. Yeah. And the artwork that he had had made at the time was phenomenal totally and you're just like whoa if you really did if you were able like yeah you could have brought this to life like it was his chance to really bust through into mainstream like auteurship and they even mentioned that in the movie yeah or in the documentary sorry and uh it and but it also sounds like you know and granted it's the way that the doc is edited who knows for sure but they then immediately switch over to there's like one or two dudes at New Line who were just kind of Im just immediately didn't think that this guy had like Stanley being the guy didn't have control of the situation, yeah. couldn't handle that big of a budget or that many people and those and that personalities it was all falling apart. And then they fired him um, and then he left and essentially said that he had a breakdown mm -hmm. and he basically stayed out into the in the jungle living on this farmer's land and ran into some of the cast who was uh, who was um, camping one night. And then he snuck onto set dressed up as the dog man. Yeah. And then just watched them kind of flail about with the movie that they took from him. Mm hmm. It's you a know, wild and, story, and that and they, they brought replaced, they brought in Frankenheimer yeah. to to yeah, uh, and they brought in Frankenheimer, who granted, yeah, but he also like they all brought him in thinking he was going to wrangle the situation. He's like the army captain it, type director, it, right? Yeah, and instead he was just a rude dick, and nobody listened to him anyway. Right. And it was just like he wasn't able to control it. No, you're not going like, to get any better re response from. Val Kilmer and Brando being just another personality type like them. That's yeah. just going to heighten triple everything. A's. <laughs> yeah. Triple A's. Triple A batteries just going through the roof. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Well, it sounded at least like Brando was was at least funny about it. It still Whereas seemed like there Kil was... Kilmer was just a dick. Yeah, it still felt like, and I'm sure Richard Stanley would disagree, but like from that documentary, it still felt like there was a, a place you could get to with Brando where you could get a collaborator. 
you could kind yeah. of Yeah. Well, he was interested in being artsy. Yeah. He wanted to be artsy and he wanted to push boundaries because he was probably bored as hell at this point in his career. Yeah. And he had also just gone through a real big personal hardship. So, you know, he's not, this is, this yeah. means nothing to, like, when you go through big life, like actual life changing things, yeah. shit like this means nothing to you. And you're probably and, looking and around. Nor, and, and nor should it. Yeah, you're probably looking around and seeing these cat people and dog people. And, and you're, you're just, just like, like, what, what the, the fuck, fuck am, I am I doing, doing? here? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. It's an amazing documentary. If if anybody hasn't watched that. Yeah. So if you yeah, if anybody hasn't watched it, I highly recommend checking out uh this documentary. It's on Amazon um or Prime Prime Movies, which is an Amazon Prime yeah. offshoot. So uh it's The Lost Soul, The Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. And I guess what? Stanley disappeared this was like the last movie he made up until the one recently mm-hmm. that was the hp lovecraft spinoff color out of space the, the color out of space with another <laughs> right outstandingly odd actor yeah who, uh nick cage nick cage like but oh my god dude and i watched color out of space and what'd you think of it um i mean as a as a complete film it's not wonderful but but it is very well made. It's clearly still helmed by a director that has all of his thoughts and his vision together. It wasn't a mess. Mm-hmm. It's just that with with Lovecraft stuff, you know, it can only go in one direction. It's, yeah, it's just in the end, everybody is a monster and this and space opens up. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just going to kind of unravel into nothingness. Um, yeah. And it does do that, but it does it well. It's worth watching for the insanity. And it seems like Nick Cage... It, yeah, again, it seems like he kind of shows up and does the work. He's oh, he's good. nutty, but it seems like he's dialed in. And uh, he got a pretty That's fun performance because, from him. Because he's a good actor, you know? But yeah. when he decides he doesn't want to do something, it's he doesn't want to do something. Yeah. Anyway, it's very interesting. I didn't even know the documentary existed. And now that I knew that it was tied to the H.P. Lovecraft version with Nick Cage, you know, and this was the first time this guy's been back in yep. like, a while uh made it very very uh interesting watch so i highly recommend checking that out yeah um we are running out of time the interview we had with connor was great but um we gotta bounce so with that being said a couple of announcements first our standard outro if you guys want by all means please follow us on instagram at the untold hour um i just post random stuff there we let everybody know when things go live so Mm -hmm. um you know just come hang out See, see the random things that sometimes I uh, put up there because there's a lot. <laughs> um, also, you can follow us at Twitter, which we kind of do the same thing over there as well. Untold Hour Pod. Um, so no the on that one. It's just at Untold Hour Pod. Um, again, just posting things, checking out what other folks are posting that, um, you know, we get we get a lot of our weird of the week out of suggestions from people that give, you know, at us yeah. on Twitter. So um, so by all means, please go head over there and feel free to do that. Uh, the thing uh, I would stress the most is definitely go and check out our Facebook group. You, all you need to do is search the Untold Hour podcast and it should pop up. I'll invite you in. It's invite only. It is private. Um, but uh, we've got a great community over there, a great group of untold, Untoldians 
uh, definitely check that out. And then there's also a Goodreads group, um, which you should be able to search for the Untold Hour uh, Goodreads. And it should pop up. And that is just, you know, things that we've read or are currently reading or books that we would recommend. And it's open to whoever wants to make suggestions. Um, so if you're ever curious about the books that we talk about on the, on the podcast, we definitely have all of those posted up there as mm -hmm. well for easy perusal. Um, and last but not least, if you have a listener story, I know we didn't do it today because we ran out of time, but you can either email us directly through the email tab on our Instagram page or... You can send your listener story to theuntoldhourpod at gmail.com. Just let us know whether or not you want us to mention your name or not in the email, and we will read your story on air. Um, those are always a lot of fun. Yeah. And then final announcement is that I am going back to work, so I will be gone for a few months. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, uh, to, uh, but we are going to keep the podcast running. Yeah. Uh, Bowser promises that he's going to hold it down. So I'm sending him all the passwords <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'll have all the power giving up my power, sending it to him. I'll try to hop on if, and when I can while I'm on the road, but no guarantees because yeah. we're going to be out in the middle of nowhere. And I actually don't even know where I'm headed yet. So, uh, although I do want to preface that it will be, um, very, uh, uh, safe. We are wearing masks. We are using uh, hand sanitizer and we are all practicing social distancing. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, so I'm going to be out and about, uh, hopefully to be back, um, at some point near the end of the year. Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll hop on when I can. In the meantime, you can always still find us every week. Uh, Bowser's going to be holding down the fort. Yep. Along with Aristotle as well. Yep. And so to both of you, I say thank you. No problem. And, uh, We're here to keep it yeah. spooky. Keeping it spooky. And that's it. That's all I've got. Awesome. Well, with that... You have been listening. Fuck, I started it wrong again. God damn it. Ugh, leave that in, Aristotle. I deserve to be shamed for fucking up the outro. <laughs> okay. This is, fuck my, hold on, hold on. <laughs> now I'm in my head about it. All right. <sighs> this has been Jessica has Chobot been and Andrew <laughs> Bowser, and you have been listening to The Untold Hour. Bye. Bye. Star Bands Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.